First Peter chapter three, and uh, this, this probably the next couple of weeks uh, we're, we're talking about um, extraordinary healing, uh, extraordinary healing in uh, in a hurting home. And if you've been married for any period of time or any length of time, um, there's going to be a hurt, and uh, so hurt is created and is caused in many different ways. Probably the greatest way uh, are words. Words. Uh, they say that sticks and stones may break my bones, but what? Words will never hurt me. I know that's the biggest lie ever told. <laughs> Amen. And uh, so, anyhow, let's talk about that for a little bit here this morning. First Peter chapter three. We'll start with verse number one. We'll read these seven verses here. Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands. That if any obey not the word, they also may, without the word, be won by the conversation of the wives. While they behold your chaste and conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning let it not be that of the outward adorning, of plaiting of the hair, or wearing of gold, or putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek, and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. For after this manner in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands. This is my wife's, verse number six is my wife's life's verse. <laughs> Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughter ye are, as long as you do well, and are not afraid with any amazement. Likewise, now this is a very verse number seven is so key because men will park on the first six verses, especially verse number six. Well, they park on the first six verses, but verse number seven just puts the husband right into this whole thing. Verse seven says this: "Likewise, you husbands." Likewise means this. There's something before that, which means, and according to what we just stated in the first six verses, likewise, you husbands, dwell with them, your wives, according to knowledge, giving honor to, unto the wife as in the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. And in this, I see a <clears throat> biblical formula for healing, uh, for help, uh, to, to get the things that we need. And so when we see a lot of this about the wife, you're going to see that it truly applies both ways. Verse number seven, likewise. Okay, likewise, your husband. So in like manner as the wives... Are to be having this meek and quiet spirit, and to be uh, in subjection. Ephesians five twenty one um, talks about to have mutual submission, and so anyhow, let's pray first. We'll get into it and pray. Be blessed, Lord. Pray help us this morning, Lord. How we need you, Lord. As we just talk about these things, and uh, Lord, I do pray that your word would continue to resonate in our lives and help us, Lord. As we just seek for your truths. Lord, we really do seek for help. We seek for healing. So, Lord, I pray that you'd help us in, this, in these areas. Uh, Lord, if we were all honest, Lord, maybe not with our own spouse here this morning, but we've been hurt, whether it be with parents or siblings uh, or people in our lives, Lord, have been hurt, but specifically even in the marriage. Lord, many things are so dear and so deep that we, we would not open up or expose our deep hurts. 
So, Lord, I pray you'd help us in a special way today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, a few thoughts this morning would be this. Is we live in a day and age where marriages uh, are crumbling. It's good to see in this, in this church, uh, this class, uh, marriage is getting stronger. You know, at least we think so. Uh, and so we're, we're hoping for that. Amen. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, you and I both don't know, both, we don't know what goes on behind closed doors. Uh, you truly don't know what goes on in my home. Good thing. <laughs> and, uh, and I don't know what goes on in your home. Good thing. Uh, it's pretty funny. But the good news is that is this. God has a remedy. Because at the end of the day, if we're all honest with each other, uh, there's struggles and there's struggles and there's struggle in every home because every home is composed of sinners. And so, listen, at the end of the day, we're all we're all sinners. Uh, how many have arrived to perfection? You made that, that that far yet? I don't think so. Yeah, Steve has good. <laughs> Mess is praising God. And um, or she's thinking, I got a liar for a husband. <laughs> so um, but God has that remedy. God has provided a way for to have healing in a hurting home. And I think one of the greatest things to realize is that there's hope. And even if it's not between a marriage, even if you're if you're bringing in her into the relationship, some people call it baggage. But if you're bringing if you're bringing hurt into a relationship, even if, if even if your hurt was not created or spawned on by the current spouse, uh, you have to understand that or if it was from your uh, home relationship or whatever. Uh, you still bring in hurt, which then hurts the marriage, uh, hurts the, the current relationship that you're in. So all these things, um, we need the Lord to deal with our hearts. Uh, we need to have healing. So even if it's not between the direct spouses, if I'm bringing it into the relationship and into the marriage, it can then also affect the marriage that you're currently in. And so God has a way to, to give us hope, to give us healing. Uh, so... Don't fall into the trap to think this. I have no way out. I have no way out. I'm stuck. I don't want to be in this relationship. This is miserable. I'll, this, will, this will never get better. Don't fall into that trap. Okay? Uh, because I serve a God who can deliver. I serve a God who can perform miracles. And listen, can I just tell you this? I have sat across the table with many, many couples. And uh, we have gone through rounds and rounds of marital counseling. And I can tell you that couples, at one point, they said, we're divorced and this is over. But God, over time, did a work in both of their hearts, both of their lives. God gave them a, uh, an incredible uh, victory. And because they wanted it, they worked for it. God God just did this miracle, just a miracle in their lives. Many of them. But can I say this also? On the flip side of that is this is, I've also seen couples that haven't made it. In many cases, it's because they did not go to the right source, which was God, which was the Word of God. And they just allowed their minds to just role play and, and, and just think, well, this, is, this isn't happening, so therefore I'm going to respond this way. And, and they don't make it. But can I say this? If we depend on God, if we go to the right source, if we live our lives for Jesus Christ, if we go to the Word of God, if we obey the Word of God, it will give us healing. Uh, because the Bible says that it will. And so anyhow, um, <clears throat> oftentimes men and women will enter into marriage with a storybook expectation. 
and with limited training. You know, they even say that, well, I think plumbers have to go to, to, to some trade school for a couple of years to get that uh, license to be a plumber. Uh, a nurse, you know, a registered nurse, will have, I believe it's four years that she's got to go to, 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 to schooling to get that license to be an RN. A doctor, in, in most cases, in most professions, has to go get an education and training for eight years uh, to, to get that license of an MD, you know. But a marriage license can be obtained in about five minutes. So you think about that for a second. Now, what is the most important relationship, other than our relationship with Jesus Christ, what is the most important relationship on planet Earth? Spouse. Your spouse. That is the most intimate. That is the most long-lasting, or well, supposed to be long-lasting, uh, the most cherished, the most worked at uh, of all relationships uh, is that of a marriage, marital relationship. And so we, we get, we trust those who have all these training and schoolings and they have certificates and licenses, and as they should. And pastors do as well. You know, we have degrees and we get trained and we go to workshops and da-da-da, seminars and conferences and all that because we want to continue to, to be better and continue to understand the culture and understand how to work with people in today's culture and understand what's going on today. And to be relevant with the Word of God. so important. But in many cases, we just expect a marriage just to work out. Like, this is just going to work without any training. Without any, you know, classes like this, uh, without any type of reading or instruction or counsel or, you know, whatever. And um, so it's pretty funny. Uh, a lady, a young lady was once asked, what do you expect out of your husband? She said this. She said, uh, well, if I was going to get married, this is what I would want out of my husband. Uh, I wouldn't be able to tell funny jokes. I wouldn't be able to laugh. And I wouldn't be able to sing. I just like, I like to have music and I want my husband to be able to sing. And then I also want him to stay home all night with me. And uh, I like to have my husband home all night. The counselor then replied to this young lady who had been asked what she wants in her husband. She, she, he said this, he said, listen, man, you, uh, you, <clears throat> you don't want a husband. You want a, you want a television set. You know, you, you want something to <laughs> sing, tell your jokes, and stay home all night. That's your TV. <laughs> That's not a husband. And, uh, but again, these, these, uh, misnomers or these expectations that we have. So let's just take a moment, let reality set in for her a bit. In many cases, these unmet expectations cause tremendous discouragement. Uh, as a result, one or both parties may begin to look for ways to meet their desires outside of the marital boundaries. So when that begins to happen, and again, you could have these expectations that we have, whether it be in the uh, intimate life, whether it be in just the emotional, just want to be together life, and you find out your husband's working 20 hours a day, he's never home, or he has to travel now, and he's gone weeks in on time and whatnot. And all of a sudden, these expectations that we had are, are being diminished. And so I'm wanting to fulfill those desires, and so we look for somewhere else to go. Fulfill those marital desires outside of the, of the marital relationship. And that can get very, very detrimental and also very, very dangerous uh, for the marriage relationship. So 
uh, let's keep these things uh, as reality sets in to make sure that we fulfill them with the Lord and also within the bounds of, of, of marriage. You know, you ever notice the, the differences between men, men and women, the, the, uh, the gender differences? You know, when a, a lady wants a nice atmosphere, she expects that she expects, uh, well, it'd be a nice dinner, nice restaurant. Um, I'm going to, uh, I should have this nice decor. Well, you know, just, just beautiful with nice lights and, 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 oh, and some roses, get some flowers, you know, that's going to make for a nice night, beautiful atmosphere. That's a woman to a man. A nice atmosphere is a big screen TV, a football game, Dr. Pepper and Doritos. <laughs> you know, that's a nice atmosphere. Uh, big difference between the genders and how we, we all think. Uh, to a woman dressing up as this, getting her hair done, getting her nails done, getting, you know, uh, put on a really nice dress, and this is all getting dressed up to a man, getting dressed up as putting on a clean t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> big, big difference. Um, as far as directions go, when you, uh, a woman will say, directions should be obtained before the trip. To a man, directions are completely unnecessary, but only need to be obtained when others think that I am lost. And then only when I start, open my GPS and say, okay. Siri, talk to me. Where are we going to go? You know, and uh, there, there's, there's how many would say there's big differences between a man and a woman? You say that's that's, that's true. That's true. The way we think, what we expect, uh, even even the reality of things. Uh, I, I will look at a reality one way, and my wife will look at it from a whole different perspective. I, I by nature, am, a, am, am an optimist, and so I see reality as much more of an optimistic point of view. And now I go, well, my wife is just a little bit different. She's not as optimistic as I am. Uh, I don't want to say she's a pessimist, but it's just not as optimistic. And so she sees reality a little more like bare bones, like that's dirty, that's filthy. And she's going, oh, no, it's just, it's not as clean as it should be, you know, uh, the difference of perspective, you know, so that, that's just differences. But I also have to realize that there are differences and uh, makes, it, makes a big difference as we enter into the relationship. So let me give you a few thoughts. Number one, here we go. We put it on the thing here. Number one, that is us. Look at verse number one. As far as walk humbly. Walk humbly. Verse number one says this. Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. Now, this word subjection literally means to be humble. Uh, the, the antithesis of humility is, is pride. And so only by pride cometh contention. And so I realize that if only by pride cometh contention, then truly if there's any animosity or if there's any, any collision or combat in the home, somebody in the house is having pride. And somebody is not living humbly. And so it's not my job to point out her pride and it's not her job to point out my pride. I have to come to terms with my own life. Not point the finger and say, well, you, I can prove it to you. You are proud. 
And, I get, and here are the fruits of your pride. You, you, you will never admit that you're wrong. You always say that I'm wrong. It's, never, it's, it's always I'm the issue. Now, and when I start to do that, I then have entered into my pride zone. I have started contention, even though I know I'm right. I have to keep my mouth shut and let God work in my spouse's heart. And I have to walk humble. I have to understand how important it is. Uh, if you see there that, that likewise. I mean, I'll see that in chapter 3, verse number 1. Likewise. Now, I didn't, I didn't the Bible is inspired, but the chapter breakdowns are not inspired. Okay, so I don't know if you know that or not. But the verses, you know, 1, 2, 3, these are just references and addresses. So we can easily turn to something and, and locate it quickly. But they're not inspired. If I was to do this chapter breakdown, I would not have separated chapter 2 from chapter 3. Go back to chapter 2 and look what, look what it's saying as far as likewise. Well, like as what? We have to go back and look at it. Let's see what it says. It's talking about the, the sufferings of Christ. Um, verse 21 talks about how he left us an example to follow his steps. Uh, Jesus, verse number 22, who did no sin. Um, verse 23, when he was reviled, reviled not again. What does that mean? When, when he was being laughed at and mocked at, he did not, he did not fight back. He did not revile again. Uh, he did no sin. He, he's making this an example to me and to you. So when he suffered, he threatened not. So here, here's what it's saying. Likewise, you wives. So it says okay, to the wives, he's saying, listen, when, when you are being, you know, attacked, more or less, verbally or whatever, as Jesus was, he's saying, the Bible's saying this, revile not. When you're, when you're suffering, listen very carefully. Don't threaten the spouse in the suffering. Verse 24, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. For we, ye are sheep going astray, but ye are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls, who is Jesus Christ. Now, likewise, you wives. And verse number seven, likewise, you husbands. So really this chapter two and chapter three really are all really one big uh, contextual agreement that says... Okay, we're good. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, how can you save America in 25 minutes? How can you, how can you restore and reconcile and revive and renew and rejuvenate marriages in 25 minutes? It doesn't happen. And so uh, we got to have a marriage retreat. We have one of those coming up, aren't we? We have two solid days, you know what I mean? Uh, we just need to just inundate ourselves. But, uh, but understand the likewise is... You'll, you'll see the likewise of, of chapter 3, verse number 1, and then also verse number 7. Both of these likewises of chapter 1 and, and chapter 7 go back to chapter 2 of Jesus Christ and explain to us how we're to behave in the marital relationship. And so when we get reviled, we revile not. When we suffer, we're to threaten not. That's Jesus' humility shining forth. He's very, very humble. Uh, the Bible talks about there when he was being falsely accused that he opened not his mouth. There's an old adage that says, especially in marital relationships, that silence is golden. You heard that before? Can I say this? This sometimes silence also creates a death. Uh, sometimes you need to speak, but in many occasions, in this in this in this passage here. Uh, it's 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 not time to speak and just allow the other person to vent or to accuse and just trust in God, stay humble. Now here's the, here's the key element as far as walking humbly. Go back to verse number one again. 
and uh, I don't have time to really go through all of this. I, I just, just please, um, man, I can't stop right now. I'll have to stop, but we'll just listen to this. Be in subjection to your own husbands. Likewise, vice versa, uh, uh, husbands to wives. That if any obey not the word. Now, here's what it's saying. If any, if any spouse obey not the word. Okay. How, how many know that your spouse oftentimes does not obey the word? My wife's not here, so I can raise my hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> but, but it's true. If we were all honest, we would all say, okay, yes, I know, I know she doesn't. I know he doesn't. Yeah, for sure. But here's what it says. Now, remember the context of reviling not, threatening not, don't speak back, all those things. If any spouse does not obey the word, that they may, uh, without the word, with my big fat mouth, without the word, be won by the conversation of the wife. Or you could also apply it by the conversation of the husband. That word conversation literally means behavior or lifestyle. So here's what it says. Without me opening my mouth, without my big trap, Opening up and say, well, let me tell you something else. Before I kick in the gear, the Bible is saying this. You can win your husband and you can win your wife by just being a godly example, living the word of God, displaying humility, and allowing the Lord to work in her life, especially in the matter of prayer. Okay, I'm not going to say I am going to beg and plead for God and, and trust God for wisdom in the right time that we should have a family dialogue or whatever the case may be. But obviously in the heat of the moment, in many cases, it is not the right time to explode your feelings and to explode the emotions because all that does is it creates the, the creates a tension to just escalate. It just goes, listen, I had it sitting right here in front of me. You know, I'm counseling and it, I, I'm watching the thing just for tat, 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 tat. Now I'm watching the emotional, you know, thermometer I mean, it's, it's, we're redlining right now. I mean, it's, it's cursing. I mean, it's, it's, it's this and that. And just bam, 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 bam. Your mother this and, well, your dad did this. And you're, you're I'm like, hold oh, oh, time out. Time out. You know, we're, 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 we're slinging everybody's dirty laundry. I mean, this is not good. But I was, honestly, it happens. And it happens in good homes. You know. And so, if I can yield to the word of God, if I can obey the word of God in this matter to say, okay, Holy Spirit, I want you to help me contain my tongue, know when to speak, and I want to walk humble and beg God. Now, James 4, verse number 10 uh, says this, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. James 4, 10. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Which means this, when I decide to, to apply this, I want to walk humble. Take, take, take. Walking humbly is taking the high road. Uh, but when I think the high road of walking, of walking humbly, the Bible says this, the Lord's going to exalt you. He will lift you up, which means the Lord's going to strengthen you. So, Pastor, I'm getting attacked, da 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 whatever the case may be. If you can live this godly example of response, the way Jesus Christ responds, and not reviling, not threatening, and just, okay, Lord, I'm going to live a godly life. I'm going to pray for him. Her, I'm going to pray for him. And just trust God. The Bible says He will lift you up. Don't know when. Don't know how soon. We don't control those things. But in the healing, in the healing process, the very first step is humility. Because here's the deal: God cannot heal when there's pride. God cannot heal when I when I when I, if I think it's not my problem. 
It's his. Or it's hers. God can't heal. God can't start the work. I have to admit, regardless if I think it's his or hers, I have to admit it's me. It's me. It's me, oh Lord. Stay in need of prayer. I have to come. Well, it was her, his fault. I have to come to terms with, Lord, you start the work in my life. You start the work in my heart. Anything in my, anything in my past, anything of my, my parents, my siblings, my past merit, whatever it is, and allow God to start working that, humble myself to get the help that I need, and then be able to move on, which I have to get to next week. It's a shame I got to stop by now, but we'll have to pick this up next week. And uh, let's pray. Lord, pray help us this, this morning. Lord, we talk about just this very simple thing of humility. Lord, Lord, I so passionate. When we see how Satan is attacking the homes and attacking relationships, Lord, and attacking all these things, Lord, truly we all know that we are hurting people. We're hurting generation. We're uh, hurting in homes and marriages. So Lord, I pray that you continue to minister, continue to help and to heal. Lord, the only way you can do, and that is in our hearts, so Lord, I pray we would yield these things to you and trust in you for all these things. So we love you tonight, today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.